Hi. This is Eli. Uh, driving around in my car. It's freaking hot. It's freaking hot out here. And you know, summertime. Um, I took some time off from recording podcasts because I had important things to do. Um, I missed y'all. I missed recording hilarious podcasts from my car. Um, I did a lot of driving in my car, but it was with my kids. And you know, if there's one thing I love more than craft, thinking about craft, and doing weird crafty things, it's hanging out with my kids and doing hilarious things with them. So, you know, I had to take a back seat. This podcast had to take back seat, but I'm here for y'all. I'm back. Um, you know, one of these days I might even actually get in the studio and record this from a real soundproof-ish um, cardboard box around my head and um, really dedicate some time for right now. Um, you know, right now I'm enjoying, actually enjoying this and being able to put it off for a little bit and then get back to it. Um, I did some, uh, some quick math and, uh, you know, we're around 1,500 downloads here. That's a lot of motherfuckers listening to this shit. If that was an average of just everyone listening to all the episodes, it's like around 40 or something people. That's a lot of people listening to this podcast. I think there was a couple episodes that were really big hits, and I think a lot of people can't handle listening to all this stuff. Not everyone wants to take that many naps. Um, but, you know, it's great to know that there's some people out there, people really interested in, in tattoos. I think there's probably there's some people out there that want to know what the hell I'm saying about tattoos. They've been talking to their friends about it. They're like, do you hear what this motherfucker said? Pretty fucked up. So, um, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what we're here to do, right? You're ready to take a nap, and you want to know the truth while you fall asleep. Um, the truth is, I fucking love roller skating, and I love swimming in the water, and I love riding bikes, um, so I got to do a lot of that with my kids this summer that was important it was just all kid party all the time um they're about 8 and 10 years old uh, a real sweetheart age you know it's the sweet spot before they turn on me but um still full trust and full love and you know there's some moments but um, they really like to have fun with their old man. So that was good. It's good to good to feel loved and appreciated and wanted. And we all see eye to eye at this point, you know. I love to go rollerblading, bike riding, swimming. You know, I like to go to museums too. Fucking my kids do not want to go to a fucking museum. And I remember that age, man. I fucking hated museums. Shit was dumb. I get it. And you know, I get it. Like, I still fucking hate museums in a special way. I want to go see them. But I don't believe in them. Um, you know, went to the SF MoMA. 
they got beautiful Kahinde Wiley show, and then they like have like all these other exhibits that are like loosely referencing his um, his painting style and the statues and like what he's referencing. They're kind of like in a way like building this background. And in some ways, it feels great. They're like building this background and like showing you like here's like some movements and paintings. Like here's all this like realistic painting, trompe l'oeil painting, and then, like, you know, classical sculptures, classical setting, and all that shit, but, like, you step back, and, like, well, you gave this motherfucker, like, two rooms, you know, Kahinde Wiley gets a couple walls, and a couple sculptures, and then, you got, like, four other fucking huge-ass exhibits that are just a bunch of dumbass fucking European-American shit that's, like, telling the story, like, I could go in there and curate one fucking room and tell that story. Be like, here's one ass classical sculpture at one fucking, you know, uh, fucking Hudson Valley painting with the fucking light. Here's some fucking Thomas Kincaid. Ta-da. You know? Man, fuck that. That was fucking bogus. Fucking institutions. And they're just, it's just fucking bloated with a bunch of dumbass shit. So they got it all hanging on the fucking wall. Just because you fucking got it in your dumbass museum doesn't mean you got it fucking hanging on the wall. God damn it. You know, you can see why they no one has hired me as a curator yet. Um, you know, too much loudmouth. Not towing the fucking line. Too many swears. It's just ridiculous, you know. So, one of many things I'm fired up about in my life. Sorry, you were trying to take a nap. And I got all worked up there. I'm going to let you do a nap again. Um, so... What about clams? Here's the thing. You know, I had some theories. I read some things. And I think I was getting the impression that clams as uh, bivalves that just sit there, as critters that just be sitting there and not be doing much, you know, they're in a way closer to plants. Now, okay, I understand. I know. They're fucking not plants. But you think about it. And, you know, like, what do they do? They're, they're, they're more like a plant than they are like an animal. I mean, they got a foot, but, like, you ever seen a fucking clam walk? They're just sitting there in the fucking dirt. And they stick their tube out like a damn plant. And they suck on some stuff like a damn plant. And then they go back in their little, you know, clamshell, which is like a little root structure. Um... But it turns out, scientifically speaking, they are actually not necessarily that close to plants. I mean, there's some arguments still. I did some reading on the internet, and you know how the internet is. So, um, I did eat a lot of clams um, this summer. We went to um, the Great North Woods up on the Olympic Peninsula. Um, out into the woods and into the beaches and bays out there and um, got some fucking oysters dove for some oysters which was really really fun like there's this kind of like sweet spot with oysters where you get them like further up on the beach and they tend to have more mud and murk but 
there's a moment where if you're diving for them, you're a little further, like you're not, like you wait till low tide and then you'd be diving for them. And at that point, like they're the oysters that aren't really ever getting dried out. They're just like in the wet, which you might call water. Um, all the time and they're not in that kind of like brackish moment less so they're just in that in that in that water and so I got to do some diving which I do fucking love um, you know diving down get some oysters and then take them on the beach and open them with the bottle opener tool on a pocket knife also very tricky very dangerous i don't even know if i could describe that craft because it's so dangerous if you tried it you probably cut off all your fingers um so let's get in the oysters using a towel so i don't cut my left hand hold the oyster in my towel and then use my pry tool you can do this with a screwdriver too you gotta be fucking careful man it's a great time to like jam a screwdriver into your hand or the shell of the oyster jam a shell of the oyster into your hand and nothing like trying to shuck an oyster and jamming like getting a really bad cut cause it's definitely gonna get infected it's not gonna do nothing but get infected salt water is great for wounds but you know, shoving an oyster shell or a dirty screwdriver and, like, sand and murk and muck and all that stuff in there. You know. So. But, fortunately, I do love wound care. Um, and patching and taping and dressing wounds. Uh, so... And part of it is because I fucking cut myself so many times opening clams. But I didn't this time. I got to open some clams, and they were delicious. I thought about clams as plants. Then I did some thinking and some talking to some people that are smarter than me. And, you know, I'm convinced that clams are not plants. And they're not necessarily vegetarian. Uh, as part of this, my argument is to convince my children to eat more clams, which is never going to work. They're not going to eat clams. Not until they're grown up, and then they can regret all the clams they didn't eat in their lives. Just like we all do, you know? We all regret so many clams that we didn't eat. Because, you know, you're not going to regret the clams you did eat. You're all going to regret the clams you didn't eat. I mean, okay, maybe you're going to regret some clams that you did eat. Eat some funky clams. You're going to fucking regret it. <laughs> I tell you what, you are going to fucking regret it. But then it's going to be a good story, and you're actually not going to regret it. You're still going to love that clam you ate, because it's hilarious. So, um, there you go. Clamming. Clamming. It's a fucking lifestyle, you know? Long life of clams. In. Um, it's been weeks since I made a recording for you. Yeah, I thought about so many things, all these different crafts, and 
try to do some studies, do some reading, do some thinking about crafts, poke around in my art studio. Went to Seattle. Remember that art show I was telling you about? Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. All my misgivings about institutions and art people and art possibilities, they're all true. Another one of these, like, institutions who was, like, quick-moving, nimble, small institution, doesn't have a big, like, board to answer, not a bunch of difficulty, and, you know, it's just fucking... It all fell apart. They couldn't... They couldn't make it happen. Um, it was a very complicated situation, and it's a bummer. But I do believe there's still some people involved that really are going to be able to carry a torch and create more and radical opportunities for more art people. And I still believe, through all the conversations I had with people in the Seattle area, Northwest, about art, that there still are, one, amazing, mind-blowing craftspeople up there, the best of the best, and not doing it for nothing but doing it because they do it. And, two, that there's nobody there that's carrying the torch, and there's nobody there that's really a true advocate for the arts that's really caring like carrying it everyone that's in a position of power through the institutions the galleries the museums like everyone's got an angle everyone's like got their ego or their wallet they want to go first and no one is like truly able to like get behind the arts and like believe in the craftspeople which I think is like part of the issue with like the demolition of the curator as like an institution that many moons ago I think before curators had names and back when they were just uh a curator of an institution rather than a name, you know, a, a fancy person, that they really would believe in art. And maybe this is like me, like, back when I was a kid, and it's not really true, but... Um, I do believe that curators putting their names on things and like so much ego being involved has like made it possible for the art and the belief in art to be, to take a second tier to all that, you know? Um, that it's really become an ego thing and so much art has lost 
Lost out on you know the the strength of having somebody that understands art and understands art institutions and understands the power of art and is willing to not be the front person to it but instead let the art carry it and often people that are not recognized and people that are not getting the attention they need and they aren't the people to reach out to the to get the attention they aren't the people that can do it they're not institutionalists they're fucking weirdo artists and you know we need an institutionalist to carry the artists uh, because the artists themselves are too weird and disorganized and we don't need somebody that has a big ego to get out in front of things and like have to have their name on shit and like you know be the person that puts together a show and you know gets their name in lights all this it's like we need curators that want to be boring again so is it possible is it possible to make curators boring again I don't think so so they got a little taste for the limelight they want a party too they want to show off their fancy pants their bright red pants so fuck it fucking institution fucking art show um, fucking museum you know and here we are with craft some clams with some rollerblades some fucking goggles diving for fucking clams and shit who wants some fucking clams you know you fucking do you want some clams Right after you wake up from your nap, you're going to go get some clams. You're going to go to the beach and get some clams. And you know, if you get those clams into muck, get a bucket of water. And then change that twice a day. And give it three days and you got clams with no fucking muck in them. So, you know, you want to speed it up, put some cornmeal in there. You're just a couple days away from crispy, clean clams. That's the reality of life. You're always just a couple days away from delicious clams. So, with that in mind, let's talk about something that we all love. Wood. Wood. Who doesn't love wood? You know? <sighs> Can't think of anybody. Um, what I want to talk to you about, and what I've been thinking about, after my more general how much I love wood wood conversation um thought more about wood thought about the song wood by Alice in Chains I thought about Andrew Wood and I thought you know like let's get back to basics here because there's a lot of important things going on there Wood. I mean, that song, Wood, is probably one of the best songs Alice in Chains wrote. And Andrew Wood, pr 
probably one of the most important musicians of our generation. And Wood and what it does for us in our structures is also one of the most important things that Wood could do and one of the most important things that humans have done is built all this crazy ass fucking housing and structures and buildings cut down all the wood. I was listening to our good friend Terry Gross. Do you guys like Terry Gross? I fucking love Terry Gross. I had, I had a crush on Terry Gross since I was about 14. Just so in love with her. And I was listening to her have this conversation with somebody about about wood. They were talking about wood. And she was like it was talking about like pests in the wood and like what's happening at the wood and she was really honestly like wow like what is like all this woods dying like what could have happened to the wood and it really was like wow like it's you know terry i love you i love you terry but what the fuck you think happened to the fucking wood terry who the fuck you think fucking ruined all the forest like why is anybody surprised that all the forests are having massive die-offs. This we're totally fucked. Like, what did we think was going to happen when we totally did not replenish into the forest and deforested everything? Why does, like, everything... Why does the whole environment in Europe change, you know, from 1,000 to 2,000? Like, what do you think changed there? Like, what happened to all the woods? So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited that Terry is talking about wood. That made me feel good. Um, I'm glad she's finally addressing the elephant in the room. Wood. Um, so, I don't know if you've ever framed out a wall um, with two by fours, which are not two by fours, but. We call them two by fours because when you get a wood two by four, um, you can buy it from the store. Then those people they bought it from a person that cut it down to one and a half by three and a half, but that person that cut it down to one and a half by three and a half, they bought it. A rough cut 2x4, 2 inch by 4 inch. That's how it got its name, 2x4. Why we don't call it a 1.5 by 3.5. Um, and so that 2x4 is really central part of the building blocks of housing structure in the Americas and potentially um, in Europe they do they have some similar build but actually it's not a, it's not 2 by 4 because they got some millimeters um, but they actually use a really similar building structure turns out if you can imagine um, so What we sometimes refer to as stick-built 
Um, is the stick is the two by four. And now when you get into it, you're actually going to build some walls with um, two by sixes, two by eights, and four by fours. But, uh, and two by tens. Let's not forget about two by tens. Um, the two by four is going to be the main central part of that unit. Like so much of the way that we build walls is uh, designed around the 2x4 as a dimension and as a unit. Uh, and it's qualities of wood. There has been in the last 20 to 40 years this shift into sheet metal into metal studs and the metal studs are on that same dimension two by four and they're generally going to be like a c channel so we're going to have two sides two small sides and one big side and then they'll have a little fold over and sometimes they got a little more to them um but the two by four sheet metal, there's a whole other world of sheet metal studs and sheet metal stud fabrication um, that we'll have to get into even further. Because there's a whole world of like how to deal with that and like the little components and the way that you build all the components out of that, it's kind of like in, it, it mirrors the two by four wood two by four where like everything you make for a two by four, four wall is like made out of the two by four where when you're like sistering things together, when you're putting little, um, you know, joist hangers and connectors and all these parts, like you're building them all out of that base material. Uh, and so the sheet metal stud, it's kind of the same way. You can buy all the little components that connect it, but you can also make them all out of the stud themselves. So the two by four wall is going to be composed of vertical studs and a header and a footer. The header being the horizontal, header and footer are the horizontal members. Header on top, footer on the bottom. Can you imagine that? Um, and so your two by four vertical studs are going to be um, generally going to be 16 inches apart on center. Or, as sometimes is used, the outside measurement or inside measurement, out to out or in to in, um, which would essentially put you on center. Center to center of the 2x4 stud is going to be 16. So then all of your sheathing material are going to exist in dimensions related to that 16 inches and there's times when you're going to have 12 on center or even 8 or 10 on center um, those are less usual and but sometimes because of structural issues you might have that 
um, shorter distance between the two by fours. And that will all be called for on the the blueprint uh, that you're going to be using to build your walls. If perhaps you have a blueprint, um, and if you don't, you could draw one. That's all. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, that's how you get a blueprint. You just fucking draw it. Um. So, a wall will sometimes be. There's kind of the differentiation is a load-bearing or a non-load-bearing wall. Um. You're also gonna have like compression walls. Um under compression, under torsion, uh, the way that the structure is kind of interacting with the wall is going to dictate some of the way the wall is constructed. And generally in stick-built construction is you're going to start with a concrete foundation and oftentimes that concrete foundation is going to be made of little concrete walls, stem walls that then have little wooden walls built on them, little pony walls, because uh, they're little, they're cute, like ponies. Um, and then you have a floor put on that, some subfloor, and then some more floor. And then you got your walls on top of that that then are going to line up, and like that foundation was designed to exist where the walls are because the walls especially load-bearing walls are all going to need to have a structure underneath it with a load-bearing then they're going to need to have that structure of stem wall into pony wall stem wall um, structure so that um, they can actually hold weight like um, a wall should if you have a load-bearing wall so then you're going to have essentially a connection from that wall all the way down into the earth um, and that concrete and the the foundation of that concrete wall be part of that kind of integrated into that system. And that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to be drawing on your blueprint. You're going to be drawing that up. You're going to be like, all right, look, I got some fucking concrete. This concrete is tied into the earth this way. And then on top of this concrete is this little ass wall because I got some crawl space in my house. And then I got this fucking subfloor and I got this floor. And then that all is going to have another wall sitting on top of it, and all those little parts are accounted for. All of those connections and all of those parts are all accounted for and structural and real. They really exist. And they're real. You can believe in them. Um, and so all that stuff then is going to be part of your whole exciting system of wall. And then you're going to get up to your 
stick bit wall, which is what we're really talking about. We can get into this other stuff, but what we really want to talk about is just putting together this two by four wall with some nails. And we could do it with nails with a hammer, 16 penny, and a 21 ounce Westing hammer. Kabam! Just swinging that hammer. You know, good old framing hammer. Smashing some fucking nails, smashing some fucking thumbs, just like the good old days. Or we can use an air compressor and kabam those nails in there. We're going to go through all that too. Um, I'm really excited about it. But as usual, let me be honest with you. I'm at work now. I need to go cut some little glass marinis into little, little biscuits. So I'm going to go make some glass biscuits. I'll be thinking about you, and I'll be back in probably about four seconds for you, but many hours for me. Um, so thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in a minute. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, there we are. We're all set now. Um, now we're going back to work together. Uh, going to do some organizing and a flame shop little torch set up move some glass around cut some uh, marini last night you know what I did a really good job cutting that marini got this morning go out to my car there's all these fire trucks and cops all around and um, there's this truck that's been sitting outside my house for the last month windshield smashed like looks to be somebody stole a truck and then had a party with it um and um this morning it was on fire the whole thing was on fire can't believe that well you know I can't I saw it I saw it and it was on fire so um sorry to wake you up hope you've been having a good nap um, we're about to get on the Bay Bridge again. Very excited about that. Um, and I think that I've set the stage here for houses that are made of wood. And um, we're going to build a wall inside one of these houses. I'm going to frame it up. Um, now, oftentimes, walls are, um, eight feet tall. Can you believe that? I can. Um, so, eight feet being a total of 96 inches, um, and... So oftentimes, um, because that's such a regular dimension for a wall height, that um, they will sell people that sell two by fours. Um, they will sell two by fours at what they call stud length, which should be, let's see, 96 
minus three, right? Because it's inch and a half plus inch and a half is the dimension of a header and a footer. So that's three, so 96 minus three. For some reason I had in my head that it was 94 and a half, but um, that would only be one two by four. So stud length should be 93 to make a 96 inch wall. Um, so you can buy stud length two by fours pre-cut to 93 inches. Um, and then you don't even need to cut if you if your wall is exactly eight feet, um, which for some crazy reason, lots of walls are that height. Um, so <clears throat> you're going to need to know what the height of your finished wall is going to be from the top of the footer to the bottom from the bottom of the footer to the top of the header, what is that fold dimension? And then, uh, is this a load bay wall? Does it need a double header or a double footer? Um, then you all might also want to know what, you know, how thick your walls. It could be a two by six. We're supposing it's going to be a two by four. Um, you might need to double up on the two by fours. Sometimes on the, on the outside, two by fours need to be doubled up if there's um, a compressive or a torsion force on that wall. You might need to have some reinforcements. But that should all be in the blueprint that you just drew. So you can look at the blueprint. And if you want to draw an extra two by four, you can. You just get a piece of paper, get a pen, and just draw a straight line. Right, two by four on it. Um, so you're gonna want to know the dimension of your wall, height-wise, and then length-wise, you're gonna want to know how long that wall is. And your two by fours. I mean, anything over twelve feet, like sixteen foot two by fours, at this point are pretty questionable. Um, they do, I think, still come in 16 foot. They used to be able to get straight ones. But then we cut all those trees down. So, um, now, like, 10 to 12 feet is pretty long. And then you could you could double them up. And if you're going to if you're gonna add your 2 by 4s together, there's ways that we can sister those together. We can join those together using 2 by 4s um, Which would be another reason to have a double header or a double footer. Uh, that you might want to um, have it be extra long. Like if you had it, you know, a 20-foot wall, you're gonna have to do some two by four joinery, and probably easier to just double up on the header and the footer. And there's no, no, it's not. There's no bad thing gonna happen if you have a double header, a double footer. Um, it's not. There's no detrimental stuff. So that if you need to double it up that's all right uh, and shorten your stud link that's okay um, it's not gonna be bad it's only gonna make it stronger um, essentially if you're you don't want to remove wood from the plan or the 2x4 but if you added extra wood in there it would be okay um, you know you might want to make a note of that extra wood just in case in case the architect wants to ask you a question about that 
Why is there extra wood here? Uh, and then you just put on Alice in Chains wood, and uh, that'll explain all that you need to explain about why there's extra wood. Um, so, say it's eight feet. Okay? Make this easy. And now, if you got six keys, um, that's going to be six of them, six studs, is going to be over eight feet. Because um, six times 16 is 96, right? Um, so, six studs. Um, and then, so you're going to cut your header and your footer to that dimension, to eight feet, okay? And that that's exact dimension. Um, if anything, you might want to cut those like an eighth inch or sixteenth inch short. Um, where you don't want that proud. Like two by four frame construction is generally going to be like everything's a little funky and the way that it's all adding up, like you don't want it to be bigger than um, you need to be. You don't want to be smashing that wood in. And it's okay if it's a little smaller. That's um, all going to work out just fine. Just fine. So... Cut your header and your player to the same dimension, 8 feet, 16th inch shy of 8 feet. And then uh, you want it to be 8 feet tall, so you got one header, one footer, and that's 3 inches of dimension there. So now you're going to cut all your studs to 93. And maybe you're going to keep those on the shy side, maybe 32nd, 16th shy. Um, because, like, if you had those at exactly 93, and you're putting the header and the footer on there, and, you know, 2x4's got a little warp to it, it might end up, like, there might be a spot that's a little taller than 96. And, um, you know, this is something that you will sort out with the wood you have, really looking at the exact dimensions, thinking about what it is, the the way the walls are going together, and then the way, is there a roof, is there a floor, is what, what the, um, what those walls are going into then will, um, some of that's going to be about how exact you want to get this. Generally with like framing construction, you kind of got a, an eighth inch tolerance 16 to an inch tolerance like with concrete you're looking at like a quarter inch tolerance and then you're building the frames out to be you know within a 16th inch tolerance um, and then you know you're getting tighter as you finish um, but you don't want things you don't want to be have to like smash the frame around to get it into place 
it's easier if you're shimming it a little bit to get it into place. So you're cutting your studs to 93, and then you got your header and your footer. Those are at 96. And then you're going to want to lay out where all those studs go. Um, now let's see, what did I do? I did that math of 96 divided by 16. I think that means there's actually going to be seven studs. Right? Because it gets divided into six segments. So that means there's going to be seven studs. Um, I should have drawn a picture of this. I should have drawn some blueprints up before I say yammering on about this. Um, but if you imagine there's six segments, there's going to be a two by four on either side of those segments so that you're going to end up with seven two by fours. So you got seven two by fours, right? Um, so now you're going to want to lay out, put those header and footer together, sandwich those together, put those on the ground with the short edge facing up. Um, and then get out your speed square and your pencil and you're going to lay out where those studs go. And they go every 16. So if you were to take a tape measure and make a mark, you're, the first stud is going to be up against the edge, the flush on the edge on the left side, say, of the header. And then you, you draw a line one and a half inch from that. And that's where your first stud goes, in between that inch and a half line from the edge and the edge. And then you put an X there, so that's where the stud goes. So now you take your tape measure and you lay it on, holding it on the edge of that stud from the left. And you go walk towards the right. And then at 16 is where your next stud's going to be. Because you're measuring right now out to out, from the left side to the left side. And so that will be the same as your center measurement, 16. So now you can lay the line out there, and you put a little line with your speed square. So tape measure, speed square on top of the edge of the 2x4, and then tape measure on the stud, and tape measure is over the speed square to tell you where the speed square should sit, and then you put the line there. And then you put another one an inch and a half from there. So you can measure 16, speed square that line, and then measure to 17 and a half. Um, I think that's okay to add that. You could do it where you measured from the outside line to the outside line, but it's better to just keep from that stud, from the edge of the stud, and now you're just going to lay out all of your 16s. And you'll notice as you do this on your tape measure, most likely, many tape measures have this amazing feature, is that Every 16 inches, there's like a little mark. Maybe it's a little like diamond. It's a little thicker line. Like there's a little spot. There's an indication that that's a 16. So at 16 and at 32 and at 48 and at 54, um, they're all going to be a little mark there to tell you that you're at the 16s. So now you're going to lay out your studs with 16s. Um, and you're, you've got your header and footer sandwiched together so you can just mark them both in the exact same way and they both get the um, they both get the lines. 
so that when you put your two by fours in between that, um, you'll know that they're at the same place. So then when you square up your wall, everything, 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 everything should sit just right, right? Um, so, here we are. We got our header and footer marked. We got our studs cut to length. Now, let's just say, to make this a little easier, let's... Um, use the air compressor um, to put the nails in. And we're going to talk about framing. Oh, man. Made a huge mistake earlier. I think I referred to a hammer with the wrong name. I think I called it a Weston. Estwing. Um, got my letters reversed there. Um like a metal framing hammer. I think they make a wood one too. They make great, great framing hammers. Um, and all sorts of hammers, you know, for hammering things. And um, seeking that nail in there with a hammer. I mean, there's a real certain joy there. Um, an air compressor that can really shoot a 16 penny nail um, that is the size why is it called a 16 penny you know that's a good question is it made is it the same weight as 16 penny I don't know that's a little That's I don't know why pennies were used as a measurement should know that. Um, I'll have to do some research here about pennies, nails. So, 16 penny nail, standard, you know, three and a half, four inch nail with a flat head. Um, sometimes the like top of the nails got like a little kind of diamond pattern that makes it a little easier to grip when you're nailing it and sometimes the hammer itself has a little waffle head so it's got a little grip to it and everything's going to kind of just combine together to make that nail, sinking that nail just that much easier um, so We're going to need a flat surface. And because our wall is 8 foot by 8 foot, we're going to need a flat surface that's 8 foot by 8 foot. It's not 100% necessary. We can get around it, okay? But if we have a flat surface, it's going to make this easier. Um, because then we can lay out the wall. Because we want to put the wall together horizontally on the ground. Uh, and if we're making multiple of these walls, we can stack the next, we can make one, and we can stack the next one on top of it. Um, and then it would be even easier to do that layout. Like, we might not even need to do the marking of the layout on the header and footer if we have the first one. 
all done just right um, so here we go um, I'm going to lay out the footer on the ground and then we're going to put the studs, we're going to lay the studs the left and right side studs that would we lay those so they're touching where they're supposed to be on the footer and so you're kind of standing up looking at it the footer is at your feet and the studs are on the left and right side pointing pointing away from you going kind of up and um, now we're going to make sure those are just so and now we want to get those like generally this is where you have an L square a framing square which is like a two you know 16 by 24 30 inch flat sheet metal square um, it's just an L shape um, these are really these are really handy objects uh, and that's and they're originally designed for this process the framing square this L square and they also have some like little math on them for uh, roof pitch and stair pitch stuff and so they kind of can help and the speed square has actually taken uh, a lot of that um, but then like a lot of just like construction materials kind of start getting built around it so even some of that stuff that the speed square and the L square have on them they have like weird little mass and numbers and there's like tricks to them like a lot of that stuff is a little arcane right now too um, construction methods shifting rapidly shifting construction environments so um, uh, so we got some studs and we're gonna stick them onto this footer right so what we're gonna want to do is line it up so we got the outside edges, right? And then let's whack those into place. Let's stand <clears throat> on the footer, okay? Balance your feet because you're going to hold the footer in place. Stand on that footer. And then I guess one foot on the footer, one foot on the vertical stud. And then leaning over the footer, so you're over the bottom of the footer with your nail gun. And then you're going to shoot that nail in up into the stud. So one, you want to make sure that your feet like aren't right over where the nail is going to go. In case the nail goes weird, you don't want it to go into your foot. Um, and then... <clears throat> um, you're standing on it so that it doesn't go anywhere 
And part of this whole process is like you're squaring those boards up and you're putting the nails in, but it's not, it's still got flexibility to it. The whole thing's going to have flexibility to it. You want to put it together square. You want to put it together totally weird and then have to, and then have to square it up. But it, it is inherently, this whole process is like building it pretty good and then you're going to stand it up and then you actually square it up because you also need to like, well, the floor should be level. You're not accounting for any of that. You're, but you should, you build it, then you stand it up, then you square it, plumb it, level it, and then you'll triangulate it um, and brace it. And then ultimately, like, it'll get attached to another wall and sheath in. And then at that point, it also becomes rigid. And then... Um, and then you can um, remove that triangulation. But for now, we just need to attach two nails from the footer up into the bottom of that stud, okay? So we want to hold the stud down, and we want to hold the footer down. And there might be a little, little weird in the floor, you know? We're going to account for that. So you want to also make sure where the stud is touching the footer is flush and tight you got a right angle and it's flush and they're connecting like in a good like square way they're not off they're not like one sticking out from the other like this is the edge and you've also selected the most straight two by four that you can find for the edges the in the field two by fours are less important you want those to be straight but the outside ones because they could be where they're going to be connecting to another wall, like you want those to be the most square. Okay? So now we're going to lean over with our compressor, with our air gun, and shoot two nails in so they hold that stud in. And you've already set your, your nail gun so that when you put it up against the 2x4 and pull the trigger, bam, it delivers a nail right in there and it doesn't go too deep into the surface. So that's part of you're going to have to set up your gun so that it's got the right amount of air pressure so it doesn't shoot the needle too deep or not deep enough, and then you're having to pound all your nails and you have to come back in with a hammer like it was the 80s and pound nails with a dang hammer. Um, all right. Let me tell you the truth. i got to go to work again. This is fucking all this work. we still got more to talk about about this stud. I think we're going to get there pretty soon, but we still got some more to talk about. So you just hold that. You have a little nap. Talk to you in a minute. Okay. Love you.